Today on the Relationship Renovation Podcast, we're going to go through a lesson that comes out of our program, and it's all about boundaries. It's about knowing where are the lines that each of you have and how can you communicate about them in a really healthy way. We're going to take you step by step through a series of questions that you can hear Tara and I processing through, and then you can jot these down and you can bring them back to your partner and get to know them better. So please stay tuned. This is a great episode. It's definitely going to give you some stuff that you can do with your partner immediately. Hello, all, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And today we're going to jump right in. Occasionally what we do in an episode is we take a a lesson out of our workbook. And we have a program that we've put together both in online form or relationship renovation at home, uh, but also here at our center in Tucson where therapists lead couples through a real structured approach to what we've found is a way to rebuild the foundation of your relationship. And today, we're going to lead you through another one of our episodes. And the way that, that we like to do it is basically Tara and I do it together. And you can kind of take notes. And a lot of these things can be things that you can sort of, they can be conversation starters for you and your partner. And really what it's about is just clarifying for yourself what's going on around an issue. And therefore, also being able to communicate in a clear and hopefully kind way with your partner about what's going on. Right. We hope that going through some of our exercises that we developed together will just get that engine turning, thoughts starting to be like, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's kind of our goal here to do that. And, you know, these are, so when we're doing sessions with couples, it's a lot of process in in sessions. So these are all at home exercises for our couples to do outside of the therapy session. And then they can kind of come back that next week and be like, wow, we really like hit a roadblock here, or wow, we really had these epiphanies here. And so again, it's thoughtful conversations to have outside of the therapy session, and it can be very enlightening. Absolutely. And I think like, and this is a little bit of personal sharing, you know, sometimes I think couples avoid difficult conversations. I know sometimes I avoid difficult conversations when it's not like the perfect atmosphere, right? And so, you know, one thing I want to share this morning is like, I'm kind of having a low morning. I'm just, I'm kind of in a little bit of a funk. It's not normal for me. It doesn't feel good. And this might be a time where I might not want to get into, you know, maybe do an exercise. And so I guess what I'm saying is like, there doesn't have to be a perfect time. In fact, in some ways, it's a really positive thing, no matter what is going on within a couple or an individual, that you take the time to reflect and communicate with one another. So I'm jumping into this in a place where I'm feeling a little like, you know, just not not totally myself but I'm going to go for it anyway. I've got you, EJ. Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. So today, you know, boundaries are a very, very important and vital piece of healthy, intimate relationships. And so before we enter our kind of intimacy exercises with our couples, we always work on boundaries first to make sure that there's that emotional safety so that we can enter our intimacy series. So we really wanted to go through our boundaries portion. And the first piece is kind of, uh, we have people kind of circle on a scale one through five, like one is disagree, five is agree. 
But we don't want it to just, oh, circle that number. We want it to be a thoughtful conversation even after you've circled that number. And so that's what we're going to be role modeling today. Yeah. And boundaries, I think it's important to define a little bit. Where are my limits? You know, what what am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do? What is okay? What is not okay? What is okay? What is yeah. not okay? Absolutely. And and it's important for your partner to know where your boundaries are around, you know, conflict, around parenting, around intimacy. It's important for, for me to know where Tara's boundaries are because if I cross them, there's a high likelihood that that's going to create a negative reaction for her. And I might not, if she hasn't let me know where a boundary is, then, you know, I might cross it and not even know it and then be confused and maybe then reactive myself. And it's very important that you know your own boundaries. So yes, it's great when your partner knows your boundary, but if you don't have or know your own boundaries, that's going to be a problem because then you guys are going to be crossing boundaries left and right, and it's going to feel very enmeshed, and it's not going to feel good. So one of the first parts, again, a lot of the work we do is individual work for the sake of the couple. It's exploring what are my own boundaries first, and then we open it up to the couple. And so one of the first questions is, I look to myself first to fulfill my individual needs. Well, I'll answer that first. I would say if five is I agree very much so, and one is I don't agree at all, I would say probably, you know, being honest, probably like a four. And and at first, it's funny, at first I was going to say like five. And I think that's more my story and less of, because I think there are times where I do look to others or hope. I don't always maybe communicate it best. But I would say like, you know, my infrastructure kind of leads me a lot of times to first looking to myself to take care of my own needs. Okay. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. For me, uh, again, I look to myself first to fulfill my individual needs. I'm going to go with a one that I'm very much... I come last always. It's just how I've been my whole life. I'm a super duper caretaker, sometimes in unhealthy ways. I'm working on that to know that I have to take care of myself first in order to take care of others. But no, I'm not great at taking care of myself individually first, but I'm getting better. Yeah. So do you think it's important, Tara, when a couple goes through this exercise that, so it's interesting that I was on one side of the scale and you were on the other side of the scale. like Well, and it's something you say all the time, like somehow men just are easier at taking care of themselves than women. And I don't know if that's like the genetics, the nurturing, the mother in me. I'm not sure. It's like I'm, always, I'm the last to put my laundry away. I'm the last to feed myself. I'm the last to get ready. It Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. The last to make my lunch doesn't matter. Well, and that causes like some uncomfortable moments between us sometimes as well. Right. And so again, me working on that, recognize that sometimes it is unhealthy and some of it is just the mom in me and it's okay too. Well, and and then um, conversely, the same thing for me that like, I know like sometimes it's easier for me to make time for myself to take care of my own needs and that it's not necessarily important that I always look to somebody else to meet my needs or whatever, but it's important for me to be aware of you that you might not take care of yourself and I might have to find ways to support you in that. Yep, exactly. Okay, so moving on to question two, and I can already tell this is going to be a two-part series because do you see how just that first question, like I feel more connected, I understand better, we understand what goes on there around fulfilling our own individual needs first, and there's about 20 questions in this 
you know, exercise. Um, so the next question is, and I think that this is so important and we ask every couple pretty early on, how confident do I feel in identifying my relationship needs? Obviously here we're talking about a coupleship, um, but it's also important to talk about this within family relationships or friendships. But again, I feel confident in identifying my relationship needs. And again, one is disagree, five is agree. I feel very confident in identifying my relationship needs and I'm often letting you know them. So I would say I'm at about a four. Yeah, and I mean, again, I think we're different here. I wouldn't put myself all the way down at a one, but I might put myself at like a 2.5 or something that that I, I don't always I don't always know what I need. And then when I hit like a point where I get low or something, I think I, I get like confused because I'm not sure you know, exactly what's going on for me. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure a lot of times what my, my needs are in, in <laughs> relationship, you know? So here's where I just feel like I'm perfect. Cause you're never saying like, you need anything really. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. I must be doing a really good job. <laughs> yeah. So again, kind of like I'm working on that first one around taking care of myself first. What kind of work do you think you want to do around this one? You know, I think just one, like, clarifying like just sitting down and doing some personal work around like what is like important to me and then i think for me part of it is like developing the ability to know how and when to communicate them because i feel like sometimes sometimes i just don't know the right time to do it because it feels like i'm just you take on so much and like in that first question that you're always taking care of everybody else before you, that it feels like, well, if I ask Tara for this, it's just gonna be one more thing. It's just gonna stress her out. I'll just bury it. You know, we have this one social media post where I'm yeah. like out in the backyard digging a hole and Tara's like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, just burying my emotions back right. here. But we also know, right, EJ, that's one of the worst things that couples can do. Like you don't tell me your needs in the relationship, then you grow resentful, then you stuff it all down and then it all comes out and it's toxic. And that's where, again, we've talked about this in another podcast, but you have to trust that I can handle it because you not doing that. And I get it, you're caretaking me, but that also means like you don't trust that I could handle what your relationship needs are. And then that's not fair either. Yeah. And then there's other stuff that comes into this for people, for myself is like, you know, just old attachment stuff of just like, I just have an operating system where it's just like, take care of yourself, keep it all tight. Don't show people what you're feeling. And because if you show people what you're feeling, you won't, nothing good will come of it. Yeah. And I just really want to create that safety for you so you can grow and expand out of that old attachment style. Please, all of us, we need to just get out of that. <laughs> yes. Okay, so next question. I love this question. All right. Um, I seek emotional connection with the people who care about me. So again, this is about vulnerability, really. And we know that in relationships, being able to kind of break down those walls and look for support outside of just yourself makes you feel connected to your partner and less alone. So I seek emotional connection with the people who care about me. EJ, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. It's weird because I feel like this is like almost like I'm being like doing an opposite of that last one, but saying like, you know, I would put myself in the 3.5 or a four in this because I really do. Like I'm not happy being an island all unto myself. I really do 
feel wonderful when I'm connected to you. I feel amazing. Like we had this, this amazingly connected summer, I, I thought. Mm -hmm. And I love when I'm connected to my kids and my friends. I mean, I, I really do want those connections. Like they feel really good. They make me feel whole. I understand that relationship is where, you know, is the most rewarding part of, of life for, for me. It, it really is. So I'm high on that. I would say I feel very similar. I'm very much an emotional connection seeker. And I'm thinking about what, what happens if couples are answering this and they are kind of low on that seeking emotional connection. Maybe the partner can be like, hey, is there anything I can do that would create an environment that would feel more comfortable, more safe? So again, whether you're high or low, it's about having a conversation around, well, I really want to be that person that you go to. So what can I do that would make that more possible? Yeah. But yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an emotional seeker. You are an emotional seeker. I believe okay, that. Okay. So moving on, this is a good one. I maintain my values no matter what other people say or believe. I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah, sure. I'm very high on that scale because values are really important to me. Values like loyalty, trust, safety, providing safety, no matter what other people say or believe or my perceptions of that, I'm definitely very true at sticking to my values. And I don't let those values get disrupted because I'm a big fan of emotional safety. Yeah. I maintain my values. Say that again for me. I maintain my values no matter what other people say or believe. Yeah. So Yes, this is this is a, a really tough one for me because it's like, I think I do maintain my values, but I struggle when when there's like a lot of conflict around it. Can you give an example? If I like um, stand up for something with you that that feels that didn't feel good for me, mm -hmm. and then it leads to like a moderate to high level of conflict between the two of us. I struggle to stick with it in that moment because it starts to like not feel safe. So it's not like I, I don't abandon it, but I, I pull. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Back. Yeah. Because I'm just like really uncomfortable with those moments where it feels like everything's like falling apart or I feel threatened or, or whatever. And so I think I never completely abandon them. But in moments I step back from them because I'm not sure how to assert myself in that moment because what my instinct in that moment is to alleviate the, the conflict right. and not necessarily stick with where my, my heart is. So, and here's something that's interesting. This has probably happened to you over and over, over 10 years. Wait, together, yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. You've never told me this. It's the first time. Interesting. Well, thank God we're, we're doing this lesson. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We don't talk about these things. We keep them separate. So now I'm like, oh, I had no idea that you abandon or temporarily abandon your values in order to fix conflict. I get it because I know you're conflict avoidant, but I had no idea. So now I can be like, wow, EJ, 
how would I know that that's happening for you? Because I don't want you to repeat everything you've done in the past. I want you to be able to feel safe. So what do I, how do I know that you're abandoning them? Would, would you be like, hey, Tara, I got to let you know in that conflict we just had, you know, my value is this and I started to go from it so I can understand better? Yeah, I mean, I think what I would need to do is I would need to say, hey, like I know we were just talking about this, but now I'm having a hard time sticking with that because now I feel like I'm managing our conflict and I'm feeling like it's it's getting out of control and it's feeling overwhelming. And so it's hard for me to stick with kind of what began this topic, which was something that I care a lot about. But now I'm in sort of the triage of just like trying to, you know, I guess control the outcome is is that I don't want you to get more upset with me or yeah. I don't want you to misunderstand and think my intentions are bad or whatever. Or I don't want to hurt you or. Yeah. But again, E, this is where you have to trust that I can handle it. It's not about you trying to control the outcome for me. Because that's caretaking and that's not healthy for you in those moments. Well, I'm not necessarily caretaking you, though, in those moments, even though that's what it might feel like. Well, I'm, it I'm really, like that I'm really taking care of myself because the conflict has reached a level where I'm going into my autonomic responses and I'm feeling like this isn't safe. Right. And so I'm, I'm either retreating or I'm what feels like protecting myself. Well, it's like you're lost in a lot of thought. Yeah, How can I not escalate this? How can I take care of myself? How can I not make this worse for her? How can I not make this worse for me? So instead of all of that heady stuff, what's going to be really important? I know you just said it, but I want... Just telling you what I'm feeling, that like this, like I feel like scared. I feel sad. I feel yeah. overwhelmed. Yep. I'm confused. That's what happens a lot of it for me because I'm like, gosh, I came into this with really positive intentions about just sharing something. And now it feels like it's an argument. And how did that happen? I think that's one of the things I get lost in is like, yeah. how did this just happen? Like I thought I, I approached this in a yeah. in a nice way. And now it yeah. feels like I'm being seen as a bad person. And and yeah. that I've, and that's a big narrative we struggle with in our in our arguments, mm -hmm. right? Is like I end up back in this place of like, I'm not a bad person. I was just trying to like tell you something. Yeah. And now it feels like, like I've done something wrong by telling you that. So me now knowing that your trigger or your word might be like, I feel confused. Now I can be like, oh, this is where he's going to start to either like avoid, go away a little. So you do what you need to do to take care of yourself. We come back to it. Yeah. Okay. See how much we're learning. And we do this work all the time anyway. I know, I know. Okay, so the next question is, I can communicate my needs and feelings directly and kindly. I would say I'm like a 3.5 in that. I feel like I can do that. My struggle is the continuing of the conversation, the like the ongoing getting to a solution or getting to a place of feeling heard. And mm -hmm. like, I think I, I can do it it's just sticking in it if it gets complicated. Yeah, gotta help you get more sticky. Yeah. Uh, for me, I feel like I communicate my needs sometimes kindly, but sometimes more out of resentment and mistrust. So I'm gonna say for me, I'm gonna go with like a 2.5. See, here you guys go. We're being vulnerable and open. Like I usually have to communicate my needs when I start to get 
resentful or frustrated instead of just like on a day that's really good, like, hey, EJ, it would be really important to me if you kind of took this over today because I'm feeling, you know, a little overwhelmed or whatever it might be. I, I kind of wait until it gets a little overwhelming. So I'm kind of working on how to talk about parenting, co-parenting, blended family stuff in a way that feels in a neutral way, which I think we're doing a better job of that. Like before it's already kind of reached a boiling point. Yes. So again, just talking with your partner, how do we communicate more directly and kindly? Because that is going to be the best outcome for you guys to have some type of resolution and feeling connected in whatever it is that you guys are talking about. Well, and that's always a struggle, like right? Like honest and kind. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Because I'm really mad. <laughs> yes. I just want you to know that you really pissed me off. <laughs> okay. And just a couple more questions here. Um, I can take care of myself when I feel emotionally vulnerable. So that means I can soothe, I can navigate this internally in my body when I'm starting to feel emotionally raw. Yeah, I, I would give myself a four here. Like I'm I'm good when I can get perspective. Like if there's a time where I'm feeling really raw, when I'm feeling hurt, when I'm feeling sad, like if I have a little bit of time, I can gain perspective. I can talk my way through <laughs> into a place of, you know, all of my positive feelings towards you and get out of any negative narratives that I, that I might like fall into about you. Like, and, and then once I get there, I know I can take that responsibility and I can, I can calm myself down and then come back to you and talk to you in a, in a kind and respectful way about. It. So I, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good about that. Perfect. It's so funny when I hear you talk, it's like, you're just so different from me and you're always like narrative perspective, like thought thinking. And I'm like, so somatic in my body. Like that is how we significantly are different in these emotional vulnerable moments. Because for me, I'm getting better. I would say I'm like at a 3.5 maybe. I go internally and maybe my heart's racing. Maybe I feel tense everywhere. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm okay right now. I feel safe. Everything's okay. And so I really calm my internal body. I don't really go with thoughts because my thoughts aren't good for me. So I go internally and then I don't get hijacked into that flight fight or freeze. I think the positive thing between the two of us is we both have similar objectives. We just go about it in different ways. Exactly. Well, no. And that's, I mean, I don't know if this is a male, female thing either, but like our brains are different. And so I just know for me, I have to like get okay and safe in my body with my bodily responses. For you, it's like, you've got to shift that narrative to make that feel more better and get a better perspective. It's just different. Yeah. I just know how powerful my thoughts are if I don't look at what they are and and whether they feel true to my values. And if they don't feel true to my values, then I like, I have to shift them. I have Mm -hmm. to change them. I have that control, you know? Absolutely. Okay. Last question. Sure. Last question. I can be assertive in healthy ways. So assertive in healthy ways means I can ask for what I want in a way that feels safe for me and for others. So we always say like, it's kind of the difference between assertive and aggressive. We have a lot of couples that come in here with very passive aggressive undertones and we try to help them understand what is it that you're really trying to say 
and there might be a little tinge of resentment that's bringing on that passive aggression. And how can we be assertive in a healthy way? Like, hey, hon, I'm feeling really lonely in the relationship. We haven't had a date night in a month. I would love it if you and I could like make sure we plan something instead of like, God, we haven't had a date night in a month. I'm so sick of this. Like, We don't even take it. You guys know we could go down that rabbit hole. And so I'm going to say I can be assertive in healthy ways. I'm, I feel like I'm doing really well with that. I would say I'm like at a four. All right. So can I be assertive in healthy ways? Yes, absolutely. But I would still give myself a little bit lower of a mark in the three, three, five range, because I think I definitely have room for growth around this. I'm always like sort of struggling with the boundary for myself between letting go of something that it's just like, you know, cause there are things in relationship where you just let go of it. You're like, you know what? I'm like hooked on this and I love this person and I know they're aware and they're working on their own stuff and they're working on our stuff. And so the difference between letting go sometimes and then not being assertive for me gets a little blurry and, and knowing like when are the times I really have to say something. So I think I can be it. I need to get better about maybe sometimes not doing it because I just avoid it. And see, so yeah, this first part of it is really about assessing your own internal belief system, value system, regulation system and saying, gosh, here's where I'm really, these are my strengths and here's where I can really grow. Now I know the areas where you want to grow. It's during very uncomfortable moments when you're feeling vulnerable that there's this point where you start to get really confused and you start to back away a little. And now I get to be like, oh, I know that that might be happening for EJ now. So how can I support him? Well, and the, the one of the big takeaways from you is standing up for your boundaries before the point where you feel like they've been tread over and over and you're in a place of resentment is a big area of growth for you. And yeah. You know, I got to figure out my way of supporting you in that, of just noticing when you need help and just making sure that I ask and let you know. And then trust that if you say yes, that you mean yes. And if you mm -hmm. say no, that you legitimately are okay. You know, I just have to continue to check in with you in a kind way, in a loving way, with soft, supportive words. Mm -hmm. I know, and that's based upon other conversations we've had recently. Yeah. So again, it's, we always have growth to do. We're never perfect, which perfect is boring yeah. anyway. So we really hope that you found this helpful. You found this useful. You found this enlightening that you can chat down some of these questions, talk to your partner about them and we'll do our next episode part two yeah, and we'll those do the are second half those are some more vulnerable questions and they're not on a scale it's really questions before we kind of enter our intimate series so they're great questions yeah. to explore but really do this assessment piece first for yourself yeah. and one thing that we know and we we learned early on in our work with couples is that when you have a structured way to approach getting to know yourself better getting to know your partner better being able to communicate in healthy ways around difficult topics that your relationship will get better, your intimate connection will get better. And, you know, we've created in office programs, but we also know that we have now, you know, listeners all over the world. And what we've done is we've created a relationship renovation at home. It's a structured way to rebuild the foundation of your relationship. And uh, it's available on our website, relationshiprenovation.com under our at-home programs. There's also a link in our show notes. 
but it is a just an amazing way for you and your partner to have lessons like this that you go through together to watch videos of Tara and I talking about the lesson, mm-hmm. giving you guidance, and just investing time on a weekly basis in building your relationship up because we know when your relationship feels solid, when it feels loving, when it feels kind, everything else in your life is easier. More manageable. <laughs> when your relationship is really struggling, everything else seems much more overwhelming, insurmountable. So we really encourage you to check out Relationship Renovation at Home. We know you'll get a lot out of it. And just again, thank you today for listening. And as always, take care of yourself, take care of each other. And we've got you. We've got you. Bye-bye. Bye. Singing on the train, me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.